Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, April 19th, 2022, and today we're reading from the big book, and we're in the doctor's opinion, page XXIX, the third paragraph. I do not hold with those who believe ending with a craving beyond their mental control on the next page, reading and commenting on that one paragraph. Um, the readers for today are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Naomi B, and I mean Naomi GB, uh, the 12 traditions, Dabalin E, and reading the text are Harlan G and Larry K, and Nancy T is our backup. The newcomer greeter is Loretta M, and the host of the second hour is Matt JF. The reference numbers for Monday, April 18, 2022, 7 a.m. meeting is 18,854. That's 18854. And for the 10 a.m. meeting is 18855. That's 18,855. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Um, Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Naomi GB to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. My name is Naomi GB. I'm a compulsive overeater from Ontario, Canada. Uh, Twelve steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters 
and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And thank you very much for the opportunity to do service this morning. Thank you, Naomi. Okay, I will now ask Davalyn E. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for your service, Katie. This is Davalyn E. I'm a compulsive overeater living in Manitoba, Canada. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our, group, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Davalyn. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. In the doctor's opinion, page XXIX, the third paragraph, I do not hold with those who believe, ending on the next page with a craving beyond their mental control, that one paragraph. And I will ask Harlan G. to begin reading. Thank you very much. Thank you, Katie, excuse me, for your service. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. I do not hold with those who believe that alcoholism is entirely a problem of mental control. 
I have had many men who had, for example, worked a period of months on some problem or business deal which was to be settled on a certain date favorably to them. They took a drink a day or so prior to the date, and then the phenomenon of craving at once became paramount to all other interests so that the important appointment was not met. These men were not drinking to escape. They were drinking to overcome a craving beyond their mental control. This paragraph is very, very illustrative of my life. My entire life, there was a question that no one could answer. Why does he do this? And I believed what some people told me, doctors, uh, rabbis, uh, parents, friends of parents, that you lack willpower, young man, that if you really disciplined yourself, you wouldn't have to eat that way and you won't be so fat. And if you're not going to be so fat, your life will be perfect. Well, what I found out was I have an illness of the mind and an illness of the body. And when Dr. Silkworth writes, I do not hold with those who believe that alcoholism is entirely a problem of mental control. It emancipates me. It emancipates me to be free from this beating of myself that says I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I don't have the willpower. I don't have the Excuse me, I don't have the character to recover. And none of those things are true. None of those things are true. Because as Bill Wilson is going to write on page six of the big book, seven, excuse me, seven of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, he says, where alcohol is concerned, the will is amazingly weakened. And when I take a look at the rest of this informative paragraph, it tells me what's been going on because these guys had a business deal that was to be settled favorably to them. And they needed, wanted a drink because their minds are identical to mine. I catastrophize. I cannot handle happiness. I cannot handle fear. I cannot handle guilt and shame and remorse and anger and doubt. I cannot handle those things. And I eat a Chips Ahoy. And for about nine seconds, that Chips Ahoy cookie will make the world a beautiful wonderful place. But that's not reality. That's the mental twist. That's the twist of the mind. That is the work of the effect. That effect that Dr. Silkworth talked about on the previous page. The sensation is so elusive that while I admit I'm killing myself, it's injurious, I cannot differentiate the true from the false. And what that means is, do I think that today's Sunday? No. It means I think I can have a piece of cake and stop there, and I cannot, and I never have, and I never will. And I take a look at this phenomenon of craving that once that Chips Ahoy is inside of me, I am eating to overcome a craving that is beyond my mental control. That once that food, once that ingredient is inside of me, the other part of the disease takes over, which is the physical allergy, making it impossible for me to stop once I've started. This is an illness of the mind and an illness of the body. It is not an issue of willpower or character or discipline. It is a mind that demands the food, 
and a body that it says you can't stop. With that, I will pass. Katie, thanks for your service, and thanks for letting me be here today. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan. Thank you. Um, okay, so we are on page XXI. Okay, yeah. XXIX, this bottom paragraph, reading that one paragraph. So if you haven't shared in the last two days, um, who would like to share? Bonnie Barry Lee from Minnesota. Rifska R. from Baltimore. This is Larry K. Okay. Um, okay, I got Carrie. Jay, I believe, Rifka R, Larry K, and I think I missed someone. Okay, who else would like to share? Uh, Kevin O. Kevin O. Kristen H. Kristen H. Got room for a couple more. Okay, well, let's go with these five to start. Um, Terry J. Terry, as in T, T as in Tom, Terry? No, Mary. Mary M. Oh, Mary. <laughs> Mary. Okay, sorry. That one. Mary Lisa M. O. As in, and Lisa O. Okay. Let's stop there. I have Terry J, Rivka R, Larry K, Kevin O, Kristen H, Mary M, and Lisa O. Go ahead, please, Terry J, followed by Rivka. I thought I heard Terry. Star one. Sorry about that. I got muted. Again. There you are. Yeah, okay. Thank this you. Go ahead. Terry J in Michigan. Uh, compulsive overeater, abstinent for today. Um, the doctor's opinion, as I've stated before on the line, is my very favorite part of the book. Between that and acceptance was the answer. And nevertheless, I find myself identifying with everything that Harlan just shared. Uh, I could just say ditto and say pass because it is so my story that um, that ease and comfort that comes from the first bite that ends up in a binge and remorseful and all the other things that I'm learning to avoid. I wanted to share yesterday, but I didn't get through because the first time I ever experienced neutrality around the food on a holiday. I was so, so excited. I shared with my sponsor. Uh, I shared with others, and, I, and I'm sharing with you all this morning that I am growing through this process because it is a process. You know, the doctor does, he makes it very plain uh, back over on the page. You know, as we put all these paragraphs together, the sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot, after a time, differentiate the truth from the false. And I can't. I just can't differentiate. I'm learning to. I won't say I just can't anymore. I'm learning to differentiate the false from the truth through the help of my higher power, who I call God. And just dependent on that, you know, just just daily journaling, everything that this process recommends that I hear that other fellows on this line 
have done works. I'm doing it, and it's changing. You know, I, I'm soon to be just, I just, I'm excited. You know, I just stay in today. I was about to say soon to be. I'm abstinent for today, right now. And if I continue to work these tools, I'll be abstinent if God gives me another day tomorrow at this same time because I'm using the tools. I'm making the phone calls. I'm doing outreach. I'm journaling. I'm going back over the steps. I'm going through this book with you all paragraph by paragraph, and I'm really beginning to see that psychic change that the doctor says is necessary, you know, that willingness that comes from God in my belief system that helps me stay on track one moment if necessary at a time. I thank God for everybody on this line, everybody, those that give the tough love, those that are gentle, those that are in the middle of all of that. I thank you all, and thanks for letting me share. Everybody have a wonderful, abstinent day. Thank you, Terry. Okay, Rifka R., you're up, followed by Larry Kay. Hi, uh, Rifka R., recovered um, compulsive overeater by God's grace in Baltimore. Um, so this is exactly me. Uh, I have had many men who had, for example, worked a period of months on some problem or business deal which was to be settled on a certain date favorable to them. They took a day, drink a day or so prior to the date, and then the phenomenon of craving at once became paramount to all interests. So in 2004, I was abstinent. I was um, about to uh, record a music CD singing with my daughter. I had spent... Um, a year working on it, uh, $20,000 <laughs> um, that I had at that point uh, to put into it. It was something that I'd wanted all my life to do um, and to create a legacy for my, my children. And um, uh, and the week, uh, actually, yeah, the week prior, my husband was going to Orlando, and his secretary said, why don't you go with him? So... Um, I, I said, okay, I, you know, I was not a great traveler or whatever, but I packed up all my food and I went and um, we were staying, we, we were staying someplace for, uh, um, for the Sabbath. He was going to a medical conference, but then for the Sabbath we were going someplace uh, else where we could observe the Sabbath and I had all my food with me that got locked in the trunk and I couldn't get it out before the beginning of the Sabbath and, and there I was um, and not having emotional sobriety at that point, um, I said, well, there's nothing I can do. My food is all locked in the trunk. I can't get it out. No one could uh, seem to get, we lost the key. Um, and I proceeded to eat what the, you know, the hostess had that were, where we were staying. Um, well, I'm also a volume addict. And once I got started, I, I just, I didn't stop. And um, by the end of the Sabbath, I, that was Saturday night, I told my husband to drop myself off, to drop me off at his store when we ended up finding the key, and to drop me off at his store so I could buy a few things that I needed. Well, I pr- proceeded to binge myself through the store, of course, disposing of all the wrappers so we couldn't see, continued to binge all the way home back to Baltimore. Um, and we were going up to New York on Wednesday, 
to record the CD that I had spent a year, you know, working, taking voice lessons again, and and and, and working very hard to you know to uh, create. Um, and I, I binged so badly that I I was vomiting, not because I'm bulimic, but just because my system couldn't handle it. And I burned my throat two days before I'm to record the CD of my lifetime. <laughs> my throat was so burned, I I could hardly sing. Um, so when I read this, I'm like, yeah, that's totally that's that's exactly I've had that exact experience. Just a few days before, nothing was more important than me getting those binge foods in, in that in that grocery store and binging my way. I mean, I I. I bought it all, I paid for it all, and I and I ate it all, and I threw all the wrappers in, and then I kept going and going and going and couldn't stop. So um, to be recovered today, thank you, God, and thank you all for being there. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Rivka. Okay, Larry K. followed by Kevin O. Thanks, Katie, for your service. Uh, I'm Larry Kay. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. You know, this paragraph is is speaking again uh, of the power of the mental twist. I cannot stop from starting because of this mental twist. If I don't have access to a higher power as the result of these steps, the implementation of these steps, I am going to eat. And I remember... um, it took me back. I was thinking uh, when I got married years ago, um, the, I was going to lose weight. Okay. Once again, another cockamamie scheme to lose weight. And I ran and I ran and I dieted. And I would say, looking back, I, di- I didn't know about program, but I, I was not eating uh, what, you know, the, the foods that were triggering me. And I did that and I got down to the weight that I am at now, okay? It just so happens. And it was, a, it was a healthy weight. And I felt really good. And it was a beautiful day, August 1st. It was a beautiful day. And that morning, I uh, went out with the groomsmen and we, we golfed that morning. Not a cloud in the sky. I was at uh, a decent weight. I felt great. I had all, you know, all the beautiful things, you know, that were, you know, that I was looking forward to. And I don't know, next thing you know, they decided to stop at Taco Bell. Now, I didn't, I didn't eat Taco Bell at that time, but it was on. You know, I had every reason not to. I had not eaten those things. And, you know, I didn't understand the disease, certainly at that t- time. But looking back, what it was was that there was a buildup. Not only did I not have access to power as a result of these steps, but there was a buildup of a very positive emotion. I couldn't handle positive emotions very well. And so, you know, we can't stop from starting again because of the mental obsession. And this didn't happen to us because we didn't, because we got the job of our dreams or didn't get the job of our dreams. It didn't happen because the business deal, you know, went in our favor or didn't. It didn't happen because of a horrible uh, childhood experience or a wonderful childhood, childhood experience. Wealth or poverty, doesn't matter. It happens because it happens. And today I know uh, I spent a lot of time trying to analyze all the possible reasons I'm a compulsive reader. And, you know, if that was the solution, then I would say have at it. 
If all that analysis was the solution, have at it. Keep digging for more self-knowledge. But the more, the more important question for me really is, what am I going to do about it? And I learned, you guys taught me, that the implementation of these steps are going to bring me into contact with the higher power of my own understanding, and that's going to give me the mental defense. And it's worked. It's worked. You know, so it was a fallacy for me to believe that if my life just dealt me the right cards, that that would be enough to defend against taking the first bite. It won't. And the last Time, I'll please. say, the, thanks, Katie. The last I'll say, the mental twist doesn't discriminate. When it's operative, we eat. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Larry. Okay, Kevin O, you're up, followed by Kristen H. Uh, good morning, everybody. I'm Kevin O. I'm, uh, I'm uh, an overeater and um, a newly identified as an overeater. And uh, also, I'm uh, in AA is kind of how I got in here. I guess that's the back door. But uh, I was just listening to Larry, and he was talking about August 1st. August 1st happens to be my anniversary in AA. So that's a little little serendipitous there. But um, the, the thing that got me with this paragraph, as, as the whole chapter or the whole, both letters, is the simplicity and the directness of, of of what he's saying he's basically telling telling us telling me um what's what's going on and what i have to do to keep it uh arrested and uh uh but i have this other quirk in me that that uh that sabotages it you know I mean, I'm losing weight, and you know, I'm in here now. I, I don't know. I think I have two weeks now. It's kind of, uh, but I'm finding that there's sugar in everything, and who knew a latte had 190 calories? I didn't know that. But um, so I'm becoming more aware of of all of these uh, triggering foods and things, and uh, um, and I'm feeling a little positive. But I was at a at a, at, a, at a social the other day and they were playing bingo and everybody there, well, two people there knew I was in OA now. And both of them asked me if I wanted cake. And I said, no, I'm in OA. <laughs> they said, oh, but it's only one piece of cake. And, and now this is, these are people who were actually, should know better because they were in AA. And, uh, but uh, it really kind of, it just annoyed me. And when I, I did hold out, I didn't make it out of there. I did get home, but I found myself so agitated and cranky and and uh, just really upset that I, I, for some, I was upset about something. I couldn't figure it out, but I finally came to realize that it's actually this uh, phenomenon of craving that I try to not act upon. Um, and it's so, it's so like seductive, I guess. That's the word. Um, I find it really scary because I try to, to pay attention to what I'm doing, both with, with the alcohol and now with the food. But I have to also re remember that uh, I can't do it by myself. I need to let you people, every, you people, everybody know 
what's going on for me because that's the only way I'm going to uh, feel part of the group and part of the gang and whatever you want to say. But, and, and you guys Thank know you. the solution. Thank um, you. Time, please, Kevin. No worries. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you, Kevin, and welcome. Uh, Kristen H., you're up, followed by Mary M. Hi, this is Kristen H. from Houston, Texas. I um, love this passage because when I first heard it, I felt a little free, um, as Harlan shared, that it wasn't a deficiency in me. I always thought that um, normal leaders felt like I did, but they just had better willpower. And so this really helped me. My only problem with it is I feel, I've always felt that the word craving is a little kind of dilutes the feeling a little bit. You know, I hear normal eaters say that they're craving, you know, chocolate and they have one piece of chocolate and the craving is gone. But the feeling that I have when I uh, am in the phenomena of craving is uh, impossible to resist. It's not something that I might have a little bit of one day. It's something I need. It's imperative. It's all that I think about. It's in the forefront of my mind and I find no relief until I make the decision and get in the car to go get my binge food. And when I have it, the relief is instant. And in my experience, the relief lasts actually a little bit beyond the bite. I do have an effect of calm, but the more I binge, the shorter that period is until it's almost instantaneous. As soon as I put something in my mouth, I can't help but think about more. I'm about 45 days off a relapse, so this feeling is so close and I remember it. And I feel like, you know, those of us that are that are close to the binges and close to the phenomena of craving can really speak to our experience and say, you know, this isn't just something that I kind of want. It consumes me. It consumes my head. It's all I think about. It's, and I find no relief. The only way to find relief is to give into it until I'm able to surrender. And that's the part that, you know, we're promised. If we do the work, if we come to meetings, if we work with a sponsor, if we go through the steps and find a higher power, that the relief will come. And there's no formula for it. I was searching for a formula. I was hoping someone would tell me if I hop on one foot and get on my knees and do a spin, then it would happen. And unfortunately, I had to pray and do the work and wait. And thank goodness for today, I'm free from the craving that consumed my life. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kristen. Okay, Mary M, you're up, followed by Lisa O. Mary M, star one. Hi, good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, awesome. Uh, hi, my name is Mary M. I'm from Chicago. Um, I so appreciate everybody that um, makes this meeting work and Thank you, Harlan, for getting us started, and uh, it's been an awesome meeting. Thank you, Terry, for your energy uh, and and um, everybody sharing. It's been great. Um, I I also love the doctor's opinion, and uh, you know, um, love. I mean, this paragraph is everything. Um, that uh, the mental control. You know, I, I was just, I had a great share this morning with, uh, with my sponsor this morning, sharing um, how, I've, um, how I feel in, in, uh, 
in neutrality. Uh, it's a great feeling, and and only because I'm doing the work. Um, now I'm in my like 45 days or so um, abstinent. I tried uh, OA last year for about three months, and I just couldn't hang. It just uh, you know I was ready to bite my arm off. But I don't. I didn't have what I have today, and. Um, and going through div- digging deeper into the steps, and it was really fast um, working through the book really quick and um, and diving in and finding a God in my understanding. I, I'm in another program as well, and all those years of not, you know, I just, you know, I don't, I, I didn't have what I have today, and so, uh, you know, I know that. Um, you know, I don't get the phenomenon of craving unless I ingest it. And the and the reason why I feel neutral today today is because I haven't ingested my trigger foods. Um, I'm very clear in my my food, very clear. I stay neutral. Um, you know, because I do have a plan. I I make sure I guard that sobriety date. I guard my neutrality um with everything that i have um and uh so i don't get the phenomenon of craving now you know the mental obsession is another thing and um and and i work the steps and i i'm doing outreach i'm going on meetings um you know i'm i'm trying to implement implement all the tools and, 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 you know, and, and praying to God, uh, you know, it's, it's just working for me today. And, and, and that's all it is. It's just for today. And, um, I pray that I can get through the day, um, and, um, and be able to be of service to somebody else. So that's all I have. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sorry. I got caught up here. Um, Thank you so much for your share. And Mary, uh, that was Mary. And now we'll have Lisa O. And then we'll open it up for more shares. We're on page XXIX, the third paragraph, uh, the bottom paragraph. Go ahead, please, Mary, uh, Lisa. Hi, my name's Lisa O. I'm a compulsive eater from Toronto, Canada. Um, this paragraph is very meaningful for me because for so long before I came into program, um, I just felt like I was such a loser because I couldn't figure anything out with food. Um, and it felt like anything else I achieved and I've achieved a lot in my life didn't matter because I couldn't figure out this one thing. And I just kept thinking like, why am I so weak? Um, I kept achieving like Bill, um, academic um major academic achievements. I kept um, doing really well in my career. And yet I'd have this, these moments all the time where I would just completely fall apart on a regular basis. And I would see other people around me who never seemed to do these things. And yet I kept doing them over and over. And it wasn't until I came to OA and I started reading the doctor's opinion where it was like, oh, right. This is why, and I immediately felt so much compassion for myself, which when I felt feel compassion for myself, it means I'm able to then feel compassion for other people, which means that my um, interpersonal relationships immediately started to get better um, because when I'm walking around thinking and my mental loop is saying like, you're such a loser, you're such a loser, you're so bad. That's something that's energy that comes out when I'm dealing with other people as well. And, you know, 
once I can love myself and I have started to learn how to love myself in OA, it means that I can love other people. And if I can't love myself, it's impossible to love anybody else. Um, and with that, I will pass and thank you for letting me share. Okay, thank you so much. Um, okay, although we value your experience, we ask that you um, hold back and only share every third day. So if you've not shared in the last couple of days, who else would like to share on this uh, paragraph, third paragraph on page XXIX, I do not hold? Pedro B. Donna M. Okay. Ross M. Okay, I heard Pedro, Donna M, and Russ M, and then there was someone else. Loretta A. Loretta. Bonnie B. Nancy R. Bonnie, Bonnie B. B. Yep. Nancy Bonnie R. Or Bonnie. There's also a Tanya D. Tanya D. Nancy. Okay, I got you, Nancy. Okay, let's let's um here's who I have. I have Pedro, Donna M, Russ M, Loretta H, Bonnie B, I believe, Nancy R, and Tanya D. Is that it? Is that who I have? One, two. Anybody else like to share? Okay, well, let's go with this lineup. Pedro, I think it's R, you're up first, followed by Donna M. Yep. Good morning, can I be heard? Yes. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, uh, everybody, for uh, being here and helping me stay uh, abstinent and healthy. Uh, uh, this paragraph, uh, what it's telling me today is that uh, my compulsive overeating it's not a problem of my mental control. When I take a bite of the food that gives me the phenomenon of craving, I do not stop overeating. I am not eating to escape. I am eating to overcome a craving beyond my mental control. So, um, uh, you know, the spiritual awakening, this, this uh, awareness, this... Um, understanding this um that uh my problem is uh lack of power right that i am powerless uh my mind cannot tell me not to eat my mind is always convinced me that i can take a bite and i'm going to be okay and then i take the bite and then you know, I gain weight. It always, always. Um, so um, that's the problem. I'm powerless, and uh, the solution is power. You know, and and uh, the big book is very clear when it says uh, when it says that uh, only a power greater than myself. You know, and this idea that I'm crazy when it comes to overeating to when, when it comes to the phenomenon my mind cannot solve my problem i need a power greater than myself i need help i need to go to god as i understand god and ask for help because i have tried 
and I have tried, and I have tried, and I haven't been able to make it. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm so glad that uh, it's taking what it's taking to to be where I'm at, you know, to understand that uh, I need to uh, start with prayer, start with prayer, you know, for, for, for the sanity, to be restored to sanity because I'm crazy. If I'm restored to sanity, I don't pick up that first bite. So with that, I leave. Uh, with that, I, I close. Uh, I pray for the sanity to stay after me today. Thank you for letting me show. Thank you, Pedro. Okay, Donna M., you're up, followed by Russ M. Hi, I'm Donna M. May I be heard? Yes. Hello? Hi, I'm Donna M. from Ontario, Canada. And to differentiate the truth from the false, um, that is what Bill meant for step two when he he says, um, um, have enough power, great in ourselves, restore us to, to sanity. Um, and I, I've just come to understand that the insanity he's talking about um, is not a mental illness. It's the insane thoughts um, that we're unable to differentiate the truth from the false. It's the colloquial meaning of insanity by <clears throat> doing something doing something repeatedly and expecting a different result. Um, and that is what I did for so many years, you know, telling myself that I wouldn't pick up, um, that this time the diet would work um, over and over. And I did that within, within OA. And today I am so grateful to know that I, I will always have this mind that will give me lots of excuses, sometimes no excuses, just drive me to the food. And that um, the only solution is a spiritual experience. And I'm so grateful to have the neutrality with the, with the food today. And that means that I can go into any situation. It's important to plan my food. Um, but I can be in situations that will have um, my my alcoholic foods and there's that neutrality. Um, and I'm so, so grateful to have these a little bit over two years. Um, when for years, in, even in OA, uh, I would repeatedly go back to, to the food. So I'm grateful to share today. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you so much, um, Donna M. And now we'll have Russ M. followed by Loretta H. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, family. Russ M. Recover Compulsive Overeater outside of Philly. So, wow, this uh, this, this uh, passage is like it hits me in the heart because I just like everybody else. You know, I'm sure you had an instance like this. I, I remember about 2005, uh, had this big business meeting. It's almost like out of the book here, you know? It's funny. 
and I'm supposed to go into Philly and hook up with this law firm, and we're in the money. You know, Trey, it's going to be big. It's going to be big. I was so high and so medicated with the food in that meeting, it, I just screwed everything up. And it wasn't like, I'm going to go in there high. I'm going to go in there uh, numb. I couldn't overcome it. I couldn't outrun the urge to eat. I just couldn't do it. I don't know why. And when I look back at my life, ton of times, right? This is how I'm wired. It's how I'm wired. And, uh, you know, I tried with, you know, people telling me, like, if you just cut a couple calories and work out, <clears throat> you know, just push away from the table. Eat a handful or all the emotional, frothy emotional appeal. I tried it all. And I made it, like, I really meant it. Like, I tried so hard. I had to have everything taken away from me to realize I, you know, I didn't control this deal. It's who I am, and only God could get me out of it. So, I mean, that, that's a simple thing, you know. I, everything that everybody's saying, I, I concur with, and I feel you. But if, if I ain't working this program, I'm dead all the way around. And I know it sounds overly dramatic, but that's the truth. I wouldn't even be on this darn phone or be able to afford a phone or be able to have anything. If it wasn't for God, the 12 steps, AA and OA, I'd have nothing. So, and what, what's the difference? You know, I'm still trying to figure out why am I clean for all these years? Because of this, the, the, this way of life. So I ain't arguing no more. I ain't trying to figure it out. Thank you for letting me share. Have a beautiful day. Love you. Thank you, Russ. Okay, Loretta H., you're up, followed by Bonnie V. Or Bonnie B. I'm not sure which one it is. Go ahead, please, Loretta. Hi, Katie, and hello, everybody on this line, along with my precious God who saved my life today. Loretta H., recovered in North Carolina. I just looked up the word craving and irresistible urge to do something inadvisable. And for me, um, because I come from the school of you can never be too rich or too thin, the delusion, the illusion of that, I my effect comes from the hunger. My effect comes from the starving. I feel very powerful when I'm in that state of mind and body and I can only can only because I have a spiritual malady I don't have a food problem can only get there I love the shares um, the effect I get the effect and also I can only get there through working these steps to overcome that malady and um, for me it's a privilege to eat and I don't abuse it either way because I um, have been so blessed that I have learned how to eat through this program. And I also know that my, especially my, the anorexia can happen anytime. Um, I, I'm never, ever cured of that mental. And it's also a physical thing because just recently I've had some very serious surgery and I've been in a lot of pain and I too am in another program so I can't take medication and for the whole period of time while I was in the pain the first thing I thought of was I know how to solve this 
I just won't eat and I can be in that plane of at least having some control over this situation. And I actually, during this period, had to set my alarm to eat because I know, and from all my experience, I'm, in, I'm 75 years old and I've been in the program for 21 years. I know that I will binge if I starve. That has been my story and I'm sticking to it. And so I have to, have to know that the spiritual malady can only be arrested with prayer, but also with my food plant, because I still check my food plant in. So um, today I do try to know the difference between the true and the false because it will kill me and with that I pass and again thank you for everything and you guys are my blessings thank you Loretta for your share and next we have Bonnie V followed by Nancy R good morning Katie can I be heard yes thank you so much thank you for your service thank you for all the shares today Bonnie B. recovered by the grace of God and only God um, for today in the state of Minnesota. What a beautiful paragraph. Um, I mean, this entire chapter, obviously. You know, the thing that stuck out to me is the fact that it's the doctor. You know, what is he saying? He's saying, um, you know, I don't believe. I do not hold with those that believe. And, and so he is sharing his experience with us. And I look back at my journey. I look back at the, you know, the eight years of bouncing in and out in and out, in and out. And what was it? It was, it was my experience, right? I mean, it took it, it took me going through it over and over and over to come to the terms that only God is going to do this. I think about page 31, where it says, here are some of the methods that I tried. I put in my margin, all the things I tried. It is a long list. Um, So it was not lack of me trying but for whatever reason, I had to figure it out. I had to figure it out. I had to figure out that none of these things were going to work. Um, I came into the program with what many others have shared, um, um, strong ability in maybe some of the other areas, but totally, totally shipwrecked in this area. And so I believed for years that I could figure it out. But it took listening to a lot of other people. It took a revelation from God that in the end, um, I'm not going to be able to do it. I can have the best food plan out there. I can have an amazing sponsor. I can have great meetings. I can have all of these amazing tools. And if I don't plug into God intentionally every single morning, first thing, um, and then throughout the course of the day, and then at the end of the day again, if I don't stay connected to him, I will be back in that food guaranteed because this is not a food issue for me. It's a thinking issue. And my thoughts, they go south. Whether it be good or bad, they go south. And so I am so grateful for the experience, not only from this doctor, but from every one of you, from all the people that sponsored me over and over and over and shared the same thing. You're not going to be able to do it. Not because you don't want to, but because of your DNA. It's outside of you. And so this is a beautiful aha paragraph for me. As someone else shared, it gave me the peace of mind to know I can't do it. And that, that, that revelation to me was the beginning of recovery. I can't. Not that I don't want to. I can't. But God. And God has stepped in. And for the last 14 months, I've been clean. And again, it is a day at a time. But it is all about God. 
And so grateful to each of you, grateful for the gift of this program, for this, um, for this study, and for everyone that makes this possible. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Bonnie B. And Nancy R., you're up, followed by Tanya D. Actually, we have three minutes left, so if you could make it a little shorter, then Tanya D. could have a little time. Thanks. Sure, just let me know. Um, this is Nancy R. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in uh, Illinois. And, um, you know, I've been in program for over 25 years, and I was a chronic relapser, and I, um, and it's because of the mental twist. I, you know, I've see, I see that so well right now. I would have put the food down, and the allergies of the body would subside, and I really had relief for you know, days, months, um, up to two years one time. And uh, every time I would pick it back up and I'd be baffled as to why it was. And why it was was that I had relief from the bodily craving, uh, but I wasn't doing the work every day to have the relief from the mental twist. So I'm so grateful for the willingness to do that and for... Um, you know, the studying in the big book and um, all of the teachings um, on, uh, on on the vision um, uh, meetings and special editions and um, working through the steps quickly and because I, that strange mental twist um, is just something I have to treat every moment of every day. Uh, just like I have to keep the food down every moment of every day. And I'm so grateful for um, the willingness and the ability to do that today. And what's different is that I have a sponsor and that I'm working the steps and that I sponsor other people. And I pray for the willingness to keep doing that every day. That's all I have. Thanks. Thank you so much. Okay, Tanya, you have one minute. Okay, um, thank you. This is uh, Tanya D, a recovered compulsive overeater from Illinois. And I think it's really this idea that, you know, we're not drinking to escape or eating. We're eating to overcome a craving beyond their mental control is really important because before this program, I looked for so many explanations about why I couldn't eat, you know, the way I wanted to eat. I couldn't eat in the same manner. I thought I didn't have enough incentives. You know, I was secretly kind of happy when my doctor told me I had high cholesterol and was at risk, you know, for heart attack because I thought, well, now I'll have an incentive, you know, to, to lose the weight. And of course, it didn't work. Um, you know, I thought that I was letting myself lose control, right? That I was really in control just all these reasons and you know it's because um, I, I didn't know that it wasn't a problem of uh, mental control and when I found that out it was honestly was scary because it's like well if I'm not going to use mental control then what will I use and so it was really important for me to have people who have stopped you know eating compulsively and stayed stop to give me hope that if I gave up this idea, this illusion of mental control, that there would be something else, something better, something that actually um, worked. Time, uh, please. And uh, that perfect was that I'll pass. Thank you so much. Okay, and thank you to everyone who shared. And please, um, 
I'm sorry, I lost my paper here. Um, thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, Tuesday, April 19th, 7 a.m. meeting is 18,858. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Larry Kay please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thanks, Katie. Sure. Um, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.